Yeah, this one right here goes out to all the babies, mamas, 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 mamas. <laughs> Baby mamas, mamas. Yeah, go like this. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. Never meant to make your daughter cry. I apologize a trillion times. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for Never seems that long until you're grown And notice that the day by day ruler can't be too wrong Miss Jackson, my intentions were good, I wish I could But I'm a magician to Africa, got off the saddle Thoughts of me, thoughts of she, thoughts of he Asking what happened to the feeling that her and me had I pray so much about it, need some knee pads It happened for a reason, one can't be mad So notice, know that everything's cool And yes, I will be present on the first day of school and graduation I'm sorry, Miss Jackson Ooh, I am for real You know what, your peep this, lardy daddy. We like to party, we don't cause trouble We don't bother nobody, we're just some men that's on the mic And when we rock up on the mic We rock the mic Tell 
Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Because that's how you know it's Winslow. John Reed, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom. That was a classic one, right? And boy, do we have a classic show for you today. But before we get into that, how about that mashup? It's been a while, been a while since I did a mashup, and that one felt good. My wife and I stumbled upon the Quincy Jones record The Dude and that song um, I Know Corrida which I thought was I Know Corrida which I thought was uh, a Spanish thing but it's a Japan. it's based on this Japanese movie sexually explicit Japanese movie go figure but that Quincy Jones album's good man and, and that song is crazy, and the guy's voice is crazy. Ay, no corrida. Right? But that wasn't enough, because it's a mashup. I put Miss Jackson on top of that mess. Outcast released its uh, their 20th anniversary edition of Stankonia. It's got some acapellas on there. Put that together for you. And then uh, Lottie Dottie. Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh. Thought of Lottie. Lottie Dottie from British Bake Off. There's There's a contestant. And spoiler alert, she has to leave the tent at some point but her name is Lottie and that's where my brain went on that one heard from Jeremiah with Don't Tell Him which was a jam a few summers ago maybe five summers ago was it and Jeremiah is, is sick so we wish him the best he's got I don't know what he's got but he, he's saw a headline that he's not doing well health wise we heard from Shawnee's I Love Your Smile. 
and that was the mashup. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> um, so today is the musical genius friend episode. My my brilliant friend, right? We're also watching that on HBO. The adaption of the Elena Ferrante series. It's good. These kids can act. That thing. But yeah, this is the My Brilliant Friend episode. Not one, but two of my super talented musical friends. Back-to-back interviews with... Jonathan Scales, the Steel Pan Wonderkind. He's not even even a kind anymore. It's a man. We have a great talk about his past year. We talked to him about this time last year about his amazing record Mind State Music. And he like all of us has had a hell of a year. And I wanted to check in on him and he shared where he's at and some songs and we get to hear a new uh, work in progress a new new orchestra song that he wrote for a a timpani virtuoso believe it or not so get excited for that and then we'll talk to our buddy Seth Kaufman who has a new record out with a it's a kind of a project it's so good and it came out yesterday and it's called dream sitch and you'll learn all about it seth is the man behind the amazing band floating action and but this uh this is its own thing this project and it's it's damn good so without further ado let's talk to jonathan and then to Seth, and I will talk to you on the flip side. You're listening to Race to the Bottom. I'm here with my friend Jonathan Scales, and I, Jonathan, I was just realizing that I talked to you almost exactly a year ago today on the show. Well, the episode called "Compositions Are Planets." Whoa! Uh, you had you had come out with Mind State Music, Mind State Music, mm-hmm. which I. Love that record so much. Still listen to it. And thanks so much. A, a lot. Uh, it's so good. And yeah, and we talked. We talked about that. And this since then, it's been a insane year. It has been a pretty insane. <laughs> year, I would say. So I wanted to uh, check back in, and uh, I asked you to uh, kind of talk me through what's been going on and in, in your process of 
the new music you've been working on and just this past year uh, through the medium of three songs. Yes. So, you know, the first thing I will say is I feel like for the first few months of the pandemic, I was, mm-hmm. I was killing it pretty hard. Like, okay. everyone was like, oh, no, the world is over, blah, blah. And I was like, man, <laughs> I'm like doing better than I've ever done in my entire life. That that was like my April, May, June. Okay. July. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then now, for, I mean, for the past few months, I've kind of been like not the Jonathan Scales that everybody knows. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm like the opposite of productive. I haven't done as much work. Like everyone knows me as like working all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like just pushing myself to the limits, like studying languages and doing this and doing that and writing this music and recording this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have turned into this like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to take the day off type of person. You know, I'm going to watch, I'm going to binge watch the show on Netflix right now, or I'm going to do this or blah, blah. So like, um, but I'm trying to get out of that because I can see that, I don't know if that's leading me down the right road. Okay. But it's been good to have a substantial break. Well, you know, maybe, you know, I wanted to talk about process. Maybe that's exactly what you need right now. Maybe so. To kind of incubate, marinate. Maybe so. You know, trying to regroup. I've been reading this book called Essentialism. Mm -hmm. That's basically about um, kind of like, you know, it talks about the principles of like, prioritizing and, and it talks about how like you have the there's trade-offs to everything you know you can mm-hmm. everyone can't have everything even though they pitch us this dream that you know we can have it all it's like you can't have it all you have to choose between one thing if you choose one thing then this is going to suffer if you choose that but it's okay that's part of the process and yeah. so i'm really kind of i've been reading a lot about that mm-hmm. and so you're you're kind of doing the calculus in your head of, of what what's essential and what's not yeah it talks about the the thing of like you know saying no to things sometimes mm-hmm. and um like saying yes to one thing means saying no to yeah. other things so like i'm definitely i've definitely historically been that person who just says yes to just everything you know mm-hmm. i'll do it i'll do it you know and that's been particularly tough these days with all the live stream you know concerts and all the like um different events that are happening some of them are like uh fundraisers and this and that where people just be, hey jonathan can you record can you make a video for this hey can you mm-hmm. make that? hey can you do this live stream so that's been pretty overwhelming for me yeah um to where i've, I've learned how to say no to things that selfishly might not be in my best interest because you know everyone's having to kind of take care of themselves these days yeah in a different yeah. way yeah, yeah there's like a million things to donate to because you know we're in a pandemic and a financial crisis and things are shutting down so you've got like everybody where that i believe that money should be coming from the federal government but you know it's like it's not so (laughs) we gotta pony up and like but you can only donate so much you know time and money and yeah and also i'm in a different part of my life that never been like so this is also the most comfortable i've been in life Mm -hmm. um so I see it in two different ways. Like on one side is like, man, like as a composer, performer who plays this weird music on the steel drums, I've gotten to this point in life where I'm fine. Okay. You nice. Know, That's good. Which I know that, um, you know, there's a lot of people in my field that are probably not so fine mm-hmm. with, you know, but I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, but with that comes 
uh, comfort, which is good in one way, but then it takes away from your um, desire to work as hard as you possibly can and to create and to like, because before it was like, I had to make those albums to live. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I had to create that music and I had to like, yeah, I had to like, you know, pillar, you know, uh, mindset music. Like I had to create that stuff as a form of survival because it was my job. Yeah. Um, also, it's my art form. Mm -hmm. Now it's like I am in a place right now. Like I don't have to do anything right now. Yeah, which is very strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm tr I'm also trying to recalibrate myself to saying to like you know still produce the same amount of work that I was before when I had to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's like where's the where's the hunger come from when it's exactly yeah. yeah. So how does that tie in with Dead Presidents? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so you know, I am I'm a Jay Z fan. Yeah, and um, I will say also, you know, you asked me to pick some songs, and I was ashamed to say that like the choice of things I listen to right now have been very limited because I haven't been listening to a lot. I've been mostly like listening to podcasts mm -hmm. and uh, watching shows and just playing chess online i haven't been listening to a lot um but i think that that whole album reasonable doubt jay-z's first album mm -hmm. i feel like there's like a hunger behind it yeah even though like i guess allegedly at that point in his career he was already rich or something i don't know from selling drugs and stuff but yeah. like mm -hmm. uh but i didn't know also... he sold drugs he he ever yeah yeah who knew <laughs> He's never talked about. He's never mentioned that one or, time. Or, or rapped about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, um, there's like a hunger behind that whole album, especially the first half of it, that uh, kind of resonates with me, and also especially like being in Brooklyn. Yeah. And hearing that album as like a soundtrack while I'm just like walking or mm -hmm. on the train or on the bus, something like that. There's something that's like combining what you see and what you hear and the whole experience that I really appreciate and it also it helps me to it pushes me especially in these times where like I am not I'm not the same Jonathan Scales that was working 20 hours a day yeah um but like listening to any part of that record especially that that tune it kind of gets me back in the mindset like all right you know like let's do something you know nice yeah, and, and like the street, you know, the street names and, and all the specifics. And then you're like walking, oh, yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's that corner. He's talking, you know. I, right. Exactly. Name. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the, the <laughs> this is the nerdiest thing that I've ever said. Um, but I remember the first time uh, I was I was some I was somewhere. I was riding the bus. And I think this was pre pandemic. Mm hmm. Yes, it was. It was. This was pre-pandemic, maybe January or something. I remember being on the bus, listening to Reasonable Doubt, mm -hmm. and I looked to my left and we're passing Marcy Projects on like Nostradamus or something like that, you know? Yeah. And uh, I remember being like this moment because like I'm such a big Jay Z fan that I was like, "Well, I'm listening to it and it's right there. <laughs> this is crazy, you know?" Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I guess there's, there's like a certain energy to that to that music especially just like even just the instrumentals and like the way the beats are you know you know they're very reminiscent of 
that time and a certain era and it kind of it gets me motivated like i listen to that when i i work out mm-hmm. um not that i'm this big buff guy i'm still this little <laughs> small guy you know uh-huh. but i've been trying to do that recent uh lately so yeah I listen, that's probably my most listened to okay music right now And then a big shift to Nightmare Before Christmas, which I still have, I've never seen them. I need to, this, this holiday season, I'm going to finally watch Nightmare Before Christmas. So cool thing about nightmare for christmas one of the cool things it's it is a holiday film that can be watched on halloween and christmas mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome yeah um but to me um i didn't get exposed to i knew about it but i never watched it until college okay um i had this friend named jeremy moeller who got me into everything like he got me into nightmare for christmas he got me into de la fleck he got me into chick korea mm-hmm. he got me into like indian classical music he got me into like everything you know um he got me into jazz but um particularly he got me into nightmare before christmas and i watched it so many times and i started to actually have a connection with the main character mm-hmm. jack and the reason why is is deeper than it would seem so the spoiler alert I guess. okay yeah i'm but, ready uh, I, like, I had enough time to watch it it's like yeah <laughs> yeah so the thing that's so special about that movie to me is um you have this main character Jack, who he's he's um he's been known for his his great work, you know. So you can relate like as an artist, you know. Like he's been known, he's famous for his great work. He's so scary, and like every Halloween, everyone loves him, and he, he's so famous. But like, there's something that he's missing, and mm-hmm. he's like he's tired of like his same old life, and like there's just, like a hole in his heart. Mm-hmm. So like he stumbles upon this whole Christmas thing, and he's like, man, I could do this, like this seems cool and I'm going to do it. So then he tries to take over Christmas and do it himself. Okay. And it was a complete disaster. Um, Unlike most movies of, you know, that time or animated series, that never happens. You never have something where like, it's a complete disaster and then at the end, it's still a complete disaster. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, it basically was a complete disaster and then at the end, he realizes, man, like, I should just be myself. Mm -hmm. There was, I was more full than I thought and you know, I thought I needed all these other things, but when I tried that, it ruined everything. Literally. So, like, 
yeah, I should be myself, and that's cool. So like it. that's yeah, that's kind of like the takeaway from it for me. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm a big fan of that movie on a psychological level. So you you chose uh, Sally's song, which I I guess Danny Elfman did did all the uh, music um, as usual for right for uh, Tim Burton, mm-hmm. and it's got that vibe that like. That vibe. I don't know what it is like a it's like a phrygian scale that he uses or something it's like it's, it's this, some darkness in there it's yeah. like some, but it's not the normal darkness like yeah there's some major chords in there for sure yeah but it's just used in a way that um i just like the twists and turns of the chords and mm-hmm. this really simple tune and um i mean this tune when you watch the movie it's basically like there's the lady sally who's basically like frankenstein you know, mm-hmm. she's like put together in the lab or whatever but she sensed how this how how jack taking over christmas is going to be a horrible thing okay that's and ba- that's basically what the song's about but like just the vibe of it it kind of um it feels very fitting for like the world right now mm-hmm. and, like, everything that's yeah. happening it just has this like dark eeriness that feels very apropos i don't know yeah. if that's the right word mm-hmm. for sure I, I hear that for sure You treated us to hear one of one of your your new works in progress. Yes, so it's called uh, "This Is the Way Out!" Mm-hmm. Exclamation mark! It's actually a timpani solo, which is funny. Wow. So, like, this is the uh, the recording that I sang you. This is it. Sounds like the orchestra because it is the orchestra, mm-hmm. but it's um is written as a, a featured solo for this virtuosic timpanist wow diana loomer yeah she commissioned me to write this um she didn't commission me to write it for the orchestra but i just said you know what let me just 
make this a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And so she'll be performing along with this. And because she's a virtuosic timpani player, she could even, like with five drums that you can tune with the foot pedals, Mm -hmm. she can play that bass line and all these extra parts Yeah, on the timpani. Um, But uh, this this also is is a song of the times. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the upbeat part is kind of like, I call it deceptively optimistic. Mm-hmm. So like it sounds like you could bob your head to it sounds good, mm-hmm. you know. But just like harmonically, melodically, there's a lot of twists and turns, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. Um, and then there's these like crazy sections that come in where things are kind of unsettled for a while, and the concept of it is like, all right, times are crazy right now, but like we see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're gonna make it that way, but along the way, we kind of get lost. And th- those were those other random sections mm-hmm. come in. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. At the end, there's a complete vibe change where it goes in this crazy dark 12A, um, like heavy feel that kind of represents that we don't make it out. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the context of the song. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like musically, like there's that, sh- there's a shift right at the very end mm-hmm. for the last like 30 seconds or whatever. Um, and it just represents like, all right, we've been, we're going along, going along. Oh, we got lost. Okay, now we're back on track. Oh, we got lost again. Okay, now we're back on track. Now we're back on track. Mm-hmm. Boom. We're not getting out. And and I don't want it to be like, I don't I don't believe that's what's happened. That's going to happen in life. Mm-hmm. But that's just the story that I decided to paint. Yeah, it's that's uh, that's exciting to explore that. Um, that choose your own adventure version of things for sure. Right. Yeah. So is this, um, this is just a one, one off piece that, um, was commissioned and as of right now it is, it is a one off piece. Um, so on this recording, you don't hear the timpani part, but mm-hmm. even without the timpani part, it stands alone as something yeah, that can be, for sure. to. um, I would like to do something with it mm-hmm. like in the future with the orchestra, maybe whether it's playing it live or something, I don't know yet, but, um, it was written as just a one-off piece, but mm-hmm. I think um, sometimes as a composer, when I write something for someone else, I kind of want it for myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is one of those situations where, like, I'm commissioned to write this piece. I'm like, all right, cool, I do it, and then I'm like, you know what? I kind of I like how this turned out, and I want to I want to play it too. <laughs> yeah, why not? Thank you. 
So do you have, are, is there any kind of distant inkling of, of what kind of the next record or the next kind of movement of things might be? So before all of this pandemic stuff happened, mm-hmm. I was secretly working on the new album, which was going to be called Pillar 2. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I just had this whole concept just because like, I like the concept of how how films do that and books yeah. do that, and I wanted to. Um, and like P- Pillar was such a, uh, I feel like Pillar. It was designed to be this staple sound for me. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to create something where when people say, "Hey, have you heard of Jonathan Scales?" Oh no, we'll start with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to create something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still feel like it holds up. Totally. Um, yeah, it also feels weird to talk about myself in this context. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I still feel like it holds up. And I wanted to kind of like make another pillar. Because yeah. I feel like, you know, <clears throat> like my band itself has its own stamp and its own sound. But then like the album itself, Pillar, also with, with all my seven albums, it has like its own sound. And, and I wanted to kind of like take that and see what else i can do with it it could be a disaster but you know we'll see Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so that was the plan but as with things go as things go in the music industry sometimes decisions are or like half business half art decisions and me making that album was like a complete it was like most of it was a business decision Mm -hmm. and now with the pandemic happening i'm having to rethink some of my steps okay because yeah. part of the reason that I wanted to make that album and also I wanted to put it out at a certain time was because we had an opportunity to to tour Europe if we put out a new album. Okay. So sometimes there's music industry stuff like that that's like it forces you to be creative in order to open up another door. Yeah, yeah. Which sometimes sucks because now you're forcing yourself to do this work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now that... Um, <laughs> The, the fall the, or the winter 2020 or fall 2020 European tour is not going to be a thing and never even came close to happening. I'm kind of rethinking, like, what is the next album going to be? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Pillar 2? Is it going to be something else? And I don't know. I think that, like, whatever the direction will be, it will be something that is inspired by the actual moment that I'm in mm-hmm. at that time. So yeah. I can't I can't say right now. Yeah. All right, man. Well, this was uh, really great to catch up. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you again in real life. Yes. 
Yeah, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where what the next inciting incident is for you, for you to uh, make make a whole nother um, great record. <laughs> man, well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. Talk to you later. Peace. So, you did it, man. I think a lot of people had the idea to do an album with a friend over, you know, do like the postal service style thing during COVID. Yeah. Man, you you guys you guys freaking did it. <laughs> yeah. Even got Jacob Rodriguez in there. I know. It sounds so good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean this this one is a and a, a really good album. Thank you. Yeah, I've been I've been jamming, going on walks and stuff, and soaking it in. Yeah, and it really feels like it's fun to listen to now that you know how it is. Like you kind of make something, and then it while it's getting made, you kind of forget about it. Yeah. And now it's fi- finally here. I put put the I have a, the vinyl here. Put that on the other night. It's like man, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> So the record is Dreams, Dream Sitch, and what's the is? Does it have a title? Is it self-titled or what's the title? Yeah, I guess I guess self-titled. The band is Dream Sitch. I yeah. think I, I think we just did it, and we didn't even realize to call that albums ha- that you had to call it. Something. <laughs> <laughs> As the show is airing, it came out yesterday. For people who don't know, I if you haven't read all the press about it. I read a good article the other day, but you guys kind of uh, just started sending each other songs and tracks back and forth. I guess you did one, and it came out su- like surprisingly well, and then you just kind of were like, all right, well, let's just do this. And you, it, what, it was like eight days, you just sent stuff back and forth? Yeah, yeah. So I guess what started it was, um, if you care, what started it? I do care. <laughs> There's a guy named Israel Nash who is a Texas musician, mm-hmm. and I play I played on his record like last year, and it's not out yet. But so when quarantine, when COVID hit, he hit me up and he was like, "I know you can play all the instruments in the, in your own studio, so like if I send you this, will you add stuff?" So I did, and then I also got Jacob Rodriguez to overdub horns on it. Yeah, and it. It turned out shockingly well, you know, and we were like, man, it's so killer. And that I was like, wow, I know Michael now is like such a prolific songwriter. Like you could just tell him to like cook up the song and and then I could do the same treatment where I just add all the drums and bass and everything else. So, yeah, that's I sent Michael to that Israel Nash song. I was like, we should do something like this. And he accepted the challenge so yeah i i kind of could tell just from knowing you and your playing and and your sound that you did the drums and bass mostly yeah that i know that that sound really well and so would it just be like like you'd send him like a a, a, the drums and bass of something like how would the structure of the song get built up he would just write it and recorded it like spontaneously 
in his home studio of just vocals and maybe a, a keyboard yeah and maybe maybe a drum machine and then send that to me and so i would just kind of take it and do like without even ever hearing it like you just load everything up and put the headphones on and sit down at the drums and just play whatever <laughs> it, it hits you in the moment and like yeah. that's what that's what you'd end up that was kind of like the rule was like you don't even get to hear it before you play it <laughs> yeah yeah you don't get to think about it at all or like anything and then even if you messed up you just had to use it so and you work like that quite a bit yourself right yeah do you feel like you have to do that because otherwise you get in your head do you, like do you worry about getting in your head i mean on the spectrum of <laughs> how much people can do that <laughs> i feel like I, I feel like i'm not too bad about it you know like i yeah. understand it and like like to avoid it but it's just so much more thrilling to like throw yourself into this situation where you don't know what what could happen and just like trust yourself enough to be okay with it yeah there's there's some i guess there's something to be said something i'm i'd like to explore about whatever that part in the creative process is where your brain just reacts in the moment and does something you know so cool and you guys i mean you did have you're you're like not having rules were the rules or like you know you you still yeah. you got to have some kind of thing even if it's not to have a thing right so there was the first song now on which is such a jam is that the and that is that's the first one you guys did yeah well um, originally we we were like we got all 10 songs and we we're like well dude should we just keep them in the order that that we recorded them I was gonna. That's so what we, I was we, gonna ask. Yeah, we we almost did, but then there was like a, a couple that just didn't quite work well that way. So there's a few that are switched around. Mm-hmm. Did you? So what? What's it like for you to do a whole project where you're so involved, where you're you're not singing at all on this, right? Right. Just some background vocals. Yeah. How's that? How did that feel? Uh, I mean, it's great. I'm not a good singer anyway. I don't oh, cool. no, don't really care about uh, <laughs> singing. So, yeah. And Michael has such a great voice. I was trying to think of who he reminds me of. And it's... I kept kind of... Uh, there's like a... There's a timelessness to the record, but there's also like this kind of cool, like, mid-60s thing. Like, in like a... Yeah. Like a, he's, he kind of sounds like Stephen Stills a little bit, like young Stephen Stills. Uh huh. Buffalo Springfield era or like early Crosby, Stills and Nash. But it's like, yeah, his his voice is is great. I know we we talked when Outsider Art came out, which seems like forever ago, but it was still COVID yeah. time. Oh man, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was. Wow of it and and you had said that you were going through a thing where you were not um really listening to much music and that was part of your process Mm. are you still um are you still on on that tip yeah a little bit i mean probably what i was thinking was having our four and a half year old daughter who 
is always talking or screaming. Yeah. And and won't like literally if you put on something, she'll either <laughs> she's gonna let you not listen to it for some reason. Yeah. But <laughs> but I think lately I've been you know that that band artist um, Monster Rally. No. He's this guy Ted from L.A. slash Ohio. I think I don't know him personally, but his you got to check out he's got tons of albums from like the last 10 years and they're kind of like exotica like hawaiian lounge music with with hip-hop beats kind of like real sample-y so so good wow i i'm excited yeah i'll send you some links yes i'll i'll throw some on uh this episode yeah the other thing that we talked about during that interview was was kind of the um, kind of letting go and, and surrendering any kind of like agenda for for how your music is is received. Does that um, extend to um, to this dream sitch situation? Oh, of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I guess uh, if you knew Michael, he and I are quite similar in that in that same way of thinking so i mean (laughs) not that we're negative but just like the you know beyond trying to care about yeah fitting in the music industry or do any of that so i want to play soft stars and hard thunder that oh yeah that has that um that's that's what i'm thinking of that 60s thing where yeah for for some reason that that one reminds me of, uh, I think it's BJ Thomas, where he's like, It's too late to turn back now. Yeah. I'm falling in love. Yes. <laughs> I was texting with Michael and we had, we were like, Did we just make an album? Like, it was so, like, so easy. We never even, like I mentioned, we never, I never asked him about what chords went where or what how he thought it should be and he never asked you know we just like we would just do something and that was just it yeah and he was like and it was like we didn't even leave our house you know and he's like yeah it's really like a dream sitch <laughs> I love even the, even the name uh, was just effortless yeah because <laughs> how long do you take thinking of a name with when you've got a project too you know it's like right <laughs> that's great well it was great talking to you. Yeah. And, you too. Uh, I said last time we talked um, that I can't wait for this pandemic to be over and to uh, get to Asheville and, and see you. And that remains <laughs> my sentiment uh, all these months later. Yeah, let's uh, hope it'll end sometime. All right, man. Cool. Well, thanks for thanks for talking to me yeah likewise yeah i'll talk to you soon all right all right see ya bye the court before the court.
the chord before the chord before the chord That always makes you swim light speed Into the flicking morning combinations What stairs lift into the sky What sky gets to reach you? What spaces get to wander into the space you fill? Yes. How about that? Check out Jonathan Scales' catalog. Like he said, he's got, what, seven, eight albums? Pillar. And my personal favorite, Mind State Music. Thanks so much to Jonathan Scales for being on the program. And then check out Dream Sitch. In their new record, which, as you just heard me gush about, is excellent, and everybody should 
listen to it all the time. And thanks, as always, to Seth. Today's show has been brought to you by cityrunningtours.com slash NYC. Sign up for a running tour of this beautiful city today. And uh, learn some some history while, while you're at it. Kill two birds with one stone. Or two birds with one jog. If you're listening to this on your computer, you can download the app for your phone. It works great. Sign up for the newsletter if you'd like. Tons of good stuff going on at the radio station. And while you're there, guys, it's been a tough year for us all. But Radio Free Brooklyn is no exception. And we need some influx of support. And if this show means something to you, stop by and uh, show your support, why don't you? RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. All donations are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. The fullest extent, I'm telling you. We're going to do just a classic race to the bottom next week it's been some time since we just did all the basics the recommended excusez-moi political checkup I've got some thoughts about the upcoming Biden administration but they're they're uh, they can wait till next week but they're but just because they're <laughs> Not pressing doesn't mean that they're not up to the political checkup standards that Johnny's Automotive inspires. Okay? Okay. So until next time, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm John Reed, and this has been another exciting episode of Race to the Bottom. The end. for saying that I was corrupt. He didn't say anything about whether or not I was telling the truth about Social Security. 
call it <laughs>